Hello everyone and welcome to The Brink. Yes, we still exist in this very weird world we live in and it's a pleasure to be able to bring you a special midweek edition of The Brink, really. We don't usually come to you unless it's on a Sunday, but here we are on another day that isn't a Sunday because I thought it's important to bring you some form of content from some content we actually recorded basically a week or so ago when we were in Melbourne. Now, the last time you heard us, we were talking about the fact that we we're about to go to Melbourne for the Grand Prix. You heard from Sam. We were going to have a great old time watching Formula One cars like we do every single year. And for the last time for me, with Sam, for quite some time. Well, the world has changed slightly in the last week or so with uh, a little outbreak that has uh, happened around the world. And therefore, we were unable to do what we wanted to do, but we still recorded some content. So I thought I would give you a little bit of an introduction here because it might seem a little bit weird if we just threw to this episode straight away without a bit of context because now we're a little bit removed from this happening and a lot of stuff has happened in the world since. But we will have another episode coming your way later this week on our regular release day, which I guess technically if you're listening to us in Australia or in New Zealand, that will then really be a Monday now. It's because we've kind of changed locations, but we will talk a little bit more about that, of course, when we come back later in the week. But this is our episode that we were meant to release a week or so ago, but we're bringing to you now with myself, Sam, at the Grand Prix. Well, what was of the Grand Prix? As well as hearing a little snippet from our good friend Noah Groves in Korea, when this coronavirus thing wasn't necessarily outside of other places such as Korea much but uh, it's a lot of interesting listening and a little bit dated now, but you're still going to enjoy it. So sit back, relax, and listen to this fun episode of The Brink. Welcome back, everybody, to The Brink as we come to you for a, another episode in a windy part of the world, a beautiful city of Melbourne. We are here at the, well, sort of here at the Grand Prix. We're about to update you on that situation right now because we don't even know what's going on. I'm joined by the man in the fancy jean pants, didn't really work, did it? Uh, Samuel McCrossan. Hello, Sam. Oh, thanks for having me, Ben. Extraordinary circumstances. We're in extraordinary circumstances. This is life-breaking news that you're not going to hear for about a week, but um, it's 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 big news, in all honesty. We are, we are standing outside Gate 8 of the Melbourne Grand Prix at, uh, what is it, 20 past 9 on the Friday morning. Now, usually we would be in the Grand Prix right now, Sam. We would be standing at the Melbourne Mall, staring at the drivers, telling them that they look good in shoes and stuff. But because one man... Or a woman, one person from McLaren got the sniffles last night and apparently has a little thing called coronavirus. We do not know if this is even going to go ahead. This is this is this is unprecedented, Sam. This is this is huge. This is, this is ginormous. It is unprecedented, Ben. Ext- extraordinary circumstances. A person with the sniffles has possibly cancelled a Grand Prix. I know. Only one person, Ben. You know, someone gets, as you say, the sniffles. And everyone else checks a hissy fit. It's ridiculous. Now, now, now. In all honesty, how, how are you feeling about this whole situation right now? Do, do you are you annoyed? Are you are you upset? Do you think, oh no, this is the right thing to do? I'm, 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 I'm angry with the teams. That's which which one in particular? McLaren and the rest of them. Yeah, I think overreaction, complete overreaction, Ben. And uh, you know, we've come we've come a long way for this. And I've come from New Zealand. And it's not on, and I feel for the Australian Grand Prix people. They're in a terrible situation, man. Yeah, it's it's actually, in all seriousness, is a is a pretty big situation, um, because basically, what happened is at about midnight last night, they confirmed that somebody from McLaren 
has coronavirus. So therefore, the race was put into doubt. And supposedly all night there have been meetings and debates and everything, and still no official confirmation that this Grand Prix is going ahead. Essentially, there is so much speculation. There are teams saying, oh, sorry, not teams, journalists are saying it's not going ahead. We've had confirmed reports, and yet other people say, no, it's going ahead. But from what we understand, it's basically a standoff really, between the teams and the Grand Prix, because I think the Grand Prix, the Australian Grand Prix Corporation wanted to go ahead, but there's apparently at least half the teams have voted no. We don't want to go ahead. And McLaren has, of course, pulled out from the race. We should have mentioned that. They've, they've gone. Yes, yes. So the, apparently four other teams, Ben, have said no, they're not They're not wanting to do it. But um, just as we see Sky Sports uh, walk in, so that's somewhat interesting. You know, I just put two and two together, actually. We've seen a lot of tweets this morning saying reports are that two drivers have already left. Wouldn't happen to be Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz Jr., perhaps, would it be? Well, no. People are saying it's Kimi Raikkonen and Sebastian Vettel. Who knows? Who knows? I, for one, am, you know, disappointed. This is my last Australian Grand Prix for quite some time, and it might not even happen. But... As you keep saying, it's an experience. We can say we were here for this. We're, we're experiencing some weird form of history right now, which um, you know we're going to be able to tell our grandkids about this one day, that we were at the Grand Prix that was cancelled because somebody had the sniffles. Yes, well, it's a very, very, very minor constellation, I reckon, Ben. But um, yes, as you say, it, it would, be, would be interesting. Even if we'll turn away today, it'd be interesting interesting story to be able to say one day that, oh, yes, I was at the gate at that Grand Prix, got turned away. And it's actually in all seriousness too. This is a very small crowd. Like usually you come to the gate on at least day one and sort of builds up to every single day. But I mean, this is what, 300 people here, 400 people if that? Like this is usually a line basically up to the gate. Um, And there's no line. People are just kind of sitting around in a, you know, an unformed group. And it's, it's weird. Like, it is a very weird experience to see all this. But even if the F1s don't go ahead, supposedly the V8s or the supercars are going to go ahead. So um, that makes you happy for a little bit. But um, I'm decked out at my Lance Stroll gear. I've got my Ferrari flag, uh, my, my Canadian flag. I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm the I'm the, our park's only Lance Stroll supporter. Yeah, no Canadians in supercars, unfortunately, Ben. That's, that's a shame. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of, it's a bit weird, isn't it? Mm. Eerie. It's, it's but very, you, you know, especially as, you know, a lot of people don't really think too much of a problem. Well, as you said, like, we've seen Sky Sport walk in, we saw um, a couple of, we saw a Racing Point guy go in, there was a, a van of Red Bull personnel drove in, so, you know, it's not like they're going the opposite direction, it's not like we walked in and we saw Red Bull people leaving, we're not seeing the Racing Point, you know, so they're still going in. Um, but, I mean, this is a thing though, this, this is day and age 2020, because this wouldn't be happening 15, 20 years ago, you know, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to say that there's no issue with this coronavirus, clearly it's an issue. Absolutely it is. But, you know, are we going to look back at this in 10 years' time and go, hey, remember that Grand Prix that was cancelled because one person got sick? I have a feeling that's what we're going to be saying, Ben. I stand to be corrected. Look, and again, if we're in the zombie apocalypse in 10 years' time and somebody's discovered this and thinking, God, how naive and stupid were human beings in 2020, by all means, as a zombie, come and eat me if I'm still alive. But right now, it's kind of ridiculous. But anyway... Um, we will come back to you with more throughout the weekend. And hopefully, our next one, we will hear a little bit more about what's happening. But right now, I'm going to end this segment. And you're going to hear from somebody who actually is in coronavirus hotspot. A man called Noah Groves, and he's in Korea. So let's let's go back to that point right now and hear from the real coronavirus situation. 
always like getting this guy on just because we can and we don't have anyone else on, so he's kind of our Billy Garcia of the brink, apparently. But we also uh, have something to talk about this week because he's in a place where he could die any moment right now because he's in lockdown and he can't leave his house without a mask. I do, of course, speak of Mr. Noah Groves, and he's coming to us direct from Coronavirus Central in Korea. Hello, Noah. Uh, I don't know if I could die at any point. I guess we can all die at some point. Um, you're sounding a little tabloidy there. But, yes, that's the brink. Uh, this is the brink. <laughs> uh, yeah, thanks for having me, I guess. Uh, I've never had such a dramatic intro. Well, and you'll never have another one again, probably. This will be peak interest in Noel Grove's life. Really, um, so so tell tell us where are you? Whereabouts are you in in Korea? And and what what is happening there right now? Um, like right now? Yeah, or... this exact second. <laughs> <laughs> well, I live in a city called Daegu in South Korea. <clears throat> um, oh no, I've got it. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, clear, clear um, it out. <laughs> uh, I've lived here for what two two and a bit years now. And in the past two weeks, it's been a bit of a whirlwind because obviously everyone knows the coronavirus from Wuhan and it's spreading all over the world. But my city, unfortunately, uh, in the last two weeks, has just become the epicenter for Korea. I think it's well over 4,000 cases now. It is a big city. No one's heard of it. It's the third or fourth biggest city in Korea, 2.5 million people. Uh yeah, literally two weeks ago there was one case and we were all going, oh, oh yeah, that's that's unfortunate. Now, well over 4,000 just in my city, I think. So that's in two weeks. So it's been a bit of a whirlwind two weeks in my life, that's for sure. And you are essentially on lockdown. You have been told to just self-isolate. Is that is that what's happening? <laughs> Yeah, I want to make this clear to all of those mass listeners of the break. Um, Both of them. Because <laughs> uh, I have had messages from home where they have heard, oh, the city is on lockdown, which is not true. Um, I'm off work, paid, which is nice. Um, so I will have been off work in total for about a month, which is pretty crazy. And the recommendation is stay at home. I can leave. I can go to the grocery store. I can go for a walk but the recommendation is stay in your house as much as possible don't come into work um yeah basically self-isolate but it's not it's not a rule it's a suggestion and i've I've followed it mainly and that's been an interesting kind of period but yeah it's the city is not on lockdown at least not yet (laughs) probably won't be but until the zombies start taking over basically well, <laughs> there is that famous zombie movie, uh, Train to Busan, which they've just announced the poster for the sequel. I'm like, really? Good timing. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, do you, have, you, have, you obviously got to wear like the mask when you leave and all that sort of stuff. Is that recommended? I mean, is it is it a scary time to leave and think about what could be when you walk outside the house? Well, the jury is still out a bit on whether how effective the masks are. Uh, but it's kind of become more of a like a, a polite thing, if anything. Um, so scientists have discussed whether they're actually effective, but now it's kind of well, everyone's wearing it. It's it's almost become manners to wear it. Um, but there's a there's a shortage, and it's difficult. I managed to 
find some the other day, which was a shocker. Um, it was $5, which is crazy for for one mask. And I was only allowed to buy one. So I was l- lucky to... And then I told my friend, and then they went 30 minutes later, and they were all gone. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess you're supposed to. It's not a rule. I've seen people without them. But, yeah, there's a shortage of it, which is pretty crazy. And just, I think, yesterday they implemented... A, a birth date rule where people with a certain number ending for their birth year, so five for me or six, seven, eight, four, whatever, maybe five people who end in 1995 or 1985 or 2005 go on Fridays or Tuesdays or whenever. Wow. So, yeah, it's it's kind of stuff that you could never imagine. That's crazy. That's that's so crazy. Have you? Do you know anyone who's who's gotten it, has gotten coronavirus? No, um, that's that. As far as I know, there's maybe only like one percentage has been foreigners in Korea. Um, I think somebody in the American military got it, but other than that, it's been Koreans. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. Four thousand in a city is a lot, and it is rising. But I guess four thousand compared to two point five million is. A small number. Um, it, it is rising and it's important, but yeah, I don't know anyone. But I mean, the problem with this virus is there can be this incubation period of up to two weeks. The average is four days, but it can be up to two weeks. So it's like any one of us could have it at the moment, and we just don't really know. That that's the big kind of kicker with this virus. And you said somebody in the American military has it, military got it. Does that mean then that that um, you know that scenario of the American military coming in to helicopter people out of your city is going to happen now? Then, <laughs> well, yeah, don't don't quote me on this, but I, I think they're not allowed to leave the military bases at the moment. Wow, jeez. So wow, it's really happening. There. You 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 had a um, was it? It was just a post that was shared, wasn't it? That went viral there about how some was it an American believed that the uh, American military were legitimately going to come and helicopter people out. So yeah, um, so funny. Yeah. Have, <laughs> have you seen the whole toilet paper situation happening in Australia though? Like, is that something uh, that's happening in Korea? <laughs> this is. This is where I just want to stand on a pedestal and just scream my lungs out because <laughs> I currently I am li- and sometimes I have to just pinch myself saying this, but I'm currently living in the second biggest outbreaks epicenter in the world outside of Wuhan. Currently, it could change; it could be any country, but I can get toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> I can get long life milk like this is i want to scream that people need to be taking this seriously and it's been frustrating to be in my situation and kind of see what the reaction is from the rest of the world but the toilet paper thing is bonkers it really is i took me a while to even understand what was going on because even living in New Zealand, it sort of it didn't really. It's not here yet. You can buy toilet paper here, but all of a sudden, people were just going crazy. And like I thought, like oh, this is bullshit. They're just over exaggerating this. I've had people, you know, posting on Facebook from Hobart, like oh, look at Northgate. There's no toilet paper left. Like, yeah. Like, what? My mum, my mother sent me pictures of just our local supermarket just gone. But why is it toilet like- paper? Why is that the one thing that she's like? I'm sorry. If I'm stuck in a house 
for, for two weeks and I can't leave, I can make do without toilet paper. I can wash my bum hole and like water, like there's water running still. Like I'll be more concerned about half food. the world don't even use toilet paper exactly. and they get by fairly well. So. Why? Why is that the one thing that people are most concerned about? It's a very fascinating kind of sociological thing here. Of I feel like it, it's not a trend. It's not like a. Uh, an internet trend, but it's like, oh, everyone's buying toilet paper, so I need toilet paper. I've seen videos where people are rushing in Australia, yep. and it's like Black Friday or something. <laughs> it's crazy. It's all a ploy from Kleenex, isn't it? It's just it's all <laughs> fake. This is just a conspiracy theory. Their their sales were plummeting. They needed a new way for people to buy toilet paper, and it's it's not the most marketable product. Like, how can we successfully market toilet paper? Uh, I know, let's create a worldwide disease and pretend that you need it. Oh, look at that, sales are spiking. But I, I, I just, it's always good to have some toilet paper if you've got to lock down for a bit, but this is, this is not the most important thing and I don't know how this started and it, it is funny, but it, like, I was getting very frustrated about this whole thing from, from the perspective I'm in to just see this, toilet paper nonsense because people in western countries should be taking this seriously but this is not the way to do it no not at all we're sad of course too because um james bond has been delayed because of this bloody thing (laughs) well (laughs) it is crazy because it's like each day this i wake up to something new it's pretty much dominating my life at the moment, but it's like, well, now it's hit the entertainment sector. Um, and that, that's pretty disappointing. I'm not going to lie, but I do, I guess, I've seen a lot of responses to from butthurt Bond fans, and I'm a little butthurt, but people saying that this is just, that, oh, James Bond is going to lose lifelong fans because of this, or... <laughs> Like, really? <laughs> James Bond is just doing this to be woke, which I don't quite understand the yeah. logic there. Um, but I, I, I think I agree with the decision because as much as we're upset, these movies cost a lot of money and they need to make a lot of money. And you're basically losing all of China's box office here. You're losing... You know, I, I was holding out hope, but I was legitimately thinking I might not be able to see it in early April when it comes out. Like, I don't even know if that will be possible. So you're losing a lot of Korea. You're losing pretty much all of China's box office, which is huge. Then you're losing a bunch of Europe. And then you've got people in Western countries who there will be some cautious people who aren't going to the cinema for now. Um, and who knows in a month's time, like, there's a lot of people in the West acting like, oh, it's not going to hit here. Well, who knows in a month's time. So it's disappointing, and we, we want our goddamn James Bond, but I do kind of agree with the, the decision they've made. I would agree. I think it was that initial shock of like, bullshit, that's crap, but then you kind of think about it. But um, <laughs> I do love the fact that you're going to lose lifelong Bond fans. you got like this you know, strong <laughs> Bond fans. Like, no, that's it. Final straw, and in 10 years' time, <laughs> why did you give up on Bond? Because of that cold that delayed the movie by eight months. Oh, fine, yeah, absolutely, you know. It wasn't Die Another Day with the, you know, invisible car and the kite surfing. You were fine with that, but when it came to a virus delaying a movie by a few months, that's it. No more Bond. Um, I, 
Yeah. I don't know what other movies are coming out, but I'm curious to see if this will be a trend. I can't imagine it will just be Bond. It's, well, it's, this year is kind of not... You know, last year I think we had a very big year for movies, but this year, I mean, what, there's only two Marvel films and outside of that, um, Wonder Woman 2, uh, <laughs> the new Ghostbusters. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. There's no Star Wars movie this year for the first time, what, since, like, 2014. <laughs> Hooray! So, um, yeah, <laughs> who would have thought? Ten years ago, if you hadn't told any Star Wars fan, like, we would be praising the fact that there's not a Star Wars movie released this year. <laughs> You're crazy! <laughs> yeah. Make it stop. Yeah, make it stop the Star Wars movies. We need them to stop. There's too many of them. Spreading quicker than the coronavirus. I, I really do hope, though, that, like, imagine if No Time to Die is worse than Die Another Day. And they just, I mean, they delayed it from last year. It got delayed a couple of weeks again into April. Now it's been delayed again. Uh, actually, I saw a, a funny post the other day where it was like, if only we hadn't have lost Danny Boyle, we'd be sitting down watching it on Blu-ray by now. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> which is very, is very true. So, um, I mean, not not to get down the Bond rabbit hole too much because there, there's more pressing. There is a reason why we're talking about Bond right now. We should be recording a Bond episode right now. Damn you, Colin. Um, but yeah, uh, I do secretly hoping they're casting the next James Bond right now yes. in this kind of down period, and that they've got the next one ready to go for the 60th anniversary. But Probably too ambitious. Well, it wouldn't it be funny, like, again, if this is all just a secret ploy by, like, MGM and all that sort of stuff, that it's kind of like, hey, guys, let's sneakily do a reshoot now where we meet Idris Elba right at the very end and he comes in and that sets it up for Bond 26. And, you know, it could be. That could be what they're doing right now. It's all, they're, they're working with the toilet paper companies. This is all just fake. <laughs> Yeah, it's, you sound like a lifelong fan who's about to be lost. <laughs> Again, I like Die Another Day. I think it takes a lot for me to lose uh, <laughs> James Bond. Um, it's been interesting learning about this. Hopefully you'll be alive in the next couple of weeks. But uh, thank you for joining us and talking to us about coronavirus. Yeah, I mean, thanks for having me. I, I guess my only word of warning to anybody listening is... Don't be panicked about it, but be sensible about it because one day you're living your life and next day you're off work and <laughs> you're, you're self-lockdowning and it, it can happen anywhere. So don't stress, but be sensible and watch James Bond. Breaking news from Albert Park. The 2020 Australian Grand Prix has officially been cancelled and it is 25 past... 10. We actually found this out on an official statement about 15 minutes ago, and only now are they deciding at the gate to tell people who are still standing around here, not having a clue. We were literally going around telling people, showing them the tweet, and yeah, look, understandable, it's a tricky situation for these guys, but surely if the FIA are going to release a statement 15 minutes ago, somebody on headquarters of the radio could just be like, hey guys, cancel, tell everyone. Yeah, yeah. Such disappointment, Ben. So sad for everybody. Um, I can't believe it. We, we're here and it's not on. This is our favourite thing in the world and we can't go in. We can't, like, it's off. It's devastating. It's awful. I just spoke to a family who had flown in from Brisbane this morning and they had just arrived and come straight to the track and they're now being sent, sent away. 
I feel the economy of Melbourne is going to get a boost in some tourist attractions this weekend. That was like all of a sudden, like Melbourne Jail and the MCG and all these other tourist places are going to be like, we're going to get a bit of cash injection now because no one's going to be, you know, everyone's finds flights leaving on Monday. People could be bored for two days. They have to do some stuff. Yeah, I, I cannot. I, I'm so devastated, Ben, that I cannot turn my mind yet to what we're going to do for the next three days. It's just a stawful situation. Well, tell you what, I need to find a toilet. Just thought I'd break that news. I'm going to get Sam to do the uh, the good old thing and get an, another photo of me, but I'm going to go close to the gate because I know he loves taking photos of me. And then, um, what, are, what are we going to do? I want to go to the sports museum. I'm down for that, but whether we do that today or whether we go in the city, and I don't know. Let's go to Calder Park. Yeah, we could do that. All right, well, we'll work out what we're doing at some point and we will let you all know. Welcome back to the MCG. Well, son, kind of. The MTG, the Melbourne Tram Ground. Because, Sam, we're on a tram. We are on a tram, Ben. Yeah, that could be a sitcom, Sam on a tram. Sam on a tram. Sam on a tram is filmed in front of a live studio audience. Gee, how do you get the tram in the studio? <laughs> That's a very good point. It's a lot of magic. Um, how has the last two hours been of our exile of just walking around the city and just doing stuff. Went to Crown? Yeah, went to Crown. You saw Mark Webber? I said hello to Mark Webber. Um, he said, oh, g'day Sam, good to see you again. Uh, Brink, best show still, after he appeared on the show 11 years ago, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, I went to, uh, I went up, he, he came up to give me a kiss. And he I said, said, no, 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 coronavirus, no yeah. thanks. Well, I did, yeah. One metre away, Mark, one metre away. Wash your hands. Yeah. Um... I don't know what the point of this audio is. This is this entire Brink episode. It's just going to be us trying to find ways to entertain ourselves. But um, can, can I ask you a, a question, Sam? Can we get the Sarge on this episode? Like, not now, but like, can you give him a call? Because I, I don't know, maybe he's out there fighting the virus. Well, he could be. He could be. He could be infected. So I'll have to, you know, have to be careful. Maybe I could uh, reach out to him. Well, look, you do that, and uh, we'll see if we can get him on some point because it's been a while I've, I miss the Sarge I miss his beautiful face I haven't seen his beautiful face in quite some time so it might be an ugly face now I don't know maybe who knows well well, I don't know I don't know I mean he's got a very manly face um, he you know the Ken doll was modelled on the side so you know he's a very good looking man very true I'm going to leave this section right now and I think we're going to get off the tram here because we have to change here for Southern Cross Station don't we so let's get off the tram and go somewhere else. Okay, thanks, bye. All right, it is time for the brand new segment that we've just invented because we've just discovered it's in the program. It is time for 25 years in 25 questions of the Australian Grand Prix because this is what you do when you're not at the race that you want to be at. And apparently in the official program, which we still bought because why not, we have 25 years in 25 questions. Sambit asks, how's your knowledge of racing at Albert Park since 1996? Try our quiz and see how many you can get. All right, good, good. I like like the idea, Ben. I'm pretty I'm feeling pretty confident. All right, well, I'm going to do this as well. Uh, I'm not going to cheat. I'm going to get the, the answers ready, uh, just ready to go, just on this. We should have prepared this earlier, but we didn't because we're lazy. Uh, but thanks to the Australian Grand Prix for uh, providing us with some entertainment while we're bored. All right. Question number one. 
The first race at Albert Park in 1996 saw a future world champion become only the third driver in history to take pole position for his maiden F1 race. Who was it? It was Jack Villeneuve. I also would say Jacques Villeneuve, and we would also, of course, both be correct. I'm not even going to look at the answer because we know we are correct. Yes. yes. Question number two. Two new teams appeared for the first time at the 1997 race. Who were they? Ooh. Good I, I, I know this. Um, yeah. Well, I know. Uh, technically, it was three. I oh, know. Well, they weren't technically new. They had raced in the 80s, but yeah, anyway. They showed up one Grand Prix and they never raced again in 97. Uh, well, there was uh, Prost. Yes. And there was Lola. Well, that's who I was thinking. But no, it would be Prost and Stewart. Lola was a new team, was it not? Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. But didn't they technically race in the 80s at some point? Um, but they were a new Lola. Well, actually, they've gone with Stewart and Lola. So Prost, who was a rebadged Ligier. <laughs> so they've gone in a technicality there. But I think we're both right. I think I think they've done the wrong question. They've made a mistake with the question. Yeah, it should be should be three teams. It was actually three new teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And well, we both got two of them. Yeah, two. Yeah. two no, more. I think we get a point for that. Nineteen in the nineteen ninety eight race was mired in controversy. Despite a dominant McLaren one two finish, what was the problem? I remember this vividly. I remember watching it at my grandmother's house. <sighs> yes. Well, um, oh, we both know what happened there. Yeah. Mika Hakkinen. Got uh, heard something in the radio. Thought the team meant. Reckoning somebody hacked into his radio and called him in. That's what he yeah. claimed. Thought the team meant for him to pit. He came through. Um, McLaren team had a, had an agreement that whichever um, driver got to the first corner first will win the race. That was Mika Hakkinen over Coulthard, and Coulthard did the right thing and honoured the agreement and let him through with uh, a couple of laps to go from memory. Um, and the reason McLaren did it. Uh, was because they had a car that was was way 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 quicker than lapped everyone, next. lapped everyone. Yeah, and I remember that being. I mean, you remember Austria two thousand two? That was almost a big controversy. There was a lot of people like who had bet on the race and were kind of very annoyed with it. They called it like fixing and like huge controversy after that race. Yeah, well, that was even more brutal. Mm. That one that was yeah. even more dramatic. Gentlemen. David Coulthard. Probably, I think, affected the champion. Imagine if Coulthard had held on to that. He could have been world champion, David Coulthard. You know, probably not, but, you know. Yeah, probably not, but you never know. Yeah, question number four. Who took their mail? This is one of my favourite races of all time, this Grand Prix. Who took their maiden Grand Prix win in Melbourne in 1999? Ooh, Eddie Irvine. Correct. I've, it's probably one of the races I've watched the most in my entire life. I do like that Grand Prix. Question number five. Ferrari. I like how these are in chronological order. Mm. Ferrari scored a 1-2 result in 2000. Who were the drivers? It's really easy. <laughs> it is Michael Schumacher and Rubens Barrichello. Yes, I would go with that one. Oh, now this is a... Oh, hang on. No, all right. I misread this question. I thought they were claiming one, Manuel, uh, one Pablo Montoya was a NASCAR driver before he went to Formula 1, but no. I don't know this one. You might know this one. Which NASCAR driver made his F- a V8 supercar debut at the Albert Park race in 2001 and stunned the sport by taking pole position? Wow. Yeah, I that do not know. That's a difficult question. I've got a feeling that I know this. It's not like, um, like, oh, God, who's a famous Bush? Isn't there, like, Carl Bush Jr. or something like that? Carl Bush, no. Uh, read the question again. Which NASCAR driver? Which... Which NASCAR driver 
made his V8 supercar's debut at Albert Park in 2001 and stunned the sport by taking pole position. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to look at the answer, so you, you give me a guess. Oh, golly. Uh... Oh, okay. Think about this one. Yeah. V8 supercar driver, NASCAR. Don't think about it the other way around. Think about it V8 to NASCAR, not NASCAR. This is a bit of a trick question, this one. Oh, this is Marcus Ambrose. Yeah. So that's a bit of a tricky little... Read the question. Which NASCAR, which NASCAR driver made his V8 supercar's debut at the Albert Park? Okay, that is a bit of a dodgy question. That's a bit of a trick question. That infers that, yeah, he was a NASCAR driver that came to supercars. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Uh, Mark Webber had a dream debut in 2002 by finishing in what position? Fifth. Yes, fifth. Let's get to the race, first race you and I went to. 2003, new rules were introduced in 2003 to curb Ferrari's dominance. What happened? Well, that's a bit of a broad-ended question, isn't it? Ferrari choked. Barrichello crashed out early and Schumacher, well, they stuffed piss sop up and he ended up not being able to get past Raikkonen and then he finished fourth. Yeah. Are they wanting to know what happened in the race or do they want to know what the difference in the rules were? Uh, well, I mean, there was, what, one lap qualifying was introduced. Because um, that was the big change, one, one lap qualifying. And that was the first year that uh, multiple engines had to last... No, 2004 was the first year they had multiple engines. Um, yeah, it was mainly the one lap qualifying. But, um, no, well, I mean, Coulthard won. He beat Montoya. Montoya should have won. He spun out a few laps towards the end. And Raikkonen was third. And that was the first race in, like, 50-odd races that Ferrari hadn't been on the podium since the 1999... Yeah, no... 1999 European Grand Prix. Time, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, the answer that they have given us is... Ferrari drivers Michael Schumacher and Rubens Barrichello qualified 1-2, but failed to score a podium for the first time in 53 races. David Coulthard scored his final career victory after one Pablo Montoya spun his Williams BMW. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get... Yep. Which team dominated the 2004 race in Melbourne? Ferrari. Ferrari. Of course, the one year one that I didn't go in between 2003 and 2005 was the one that, you know, I, I never saw Schumacher win a Grand Prix. You did. Didn't you ever see Schumacher win a Grand Prix? Nope. I never even saw him get a podium. Wow, there you go. I saw him get a pole position uh, in 2003, but um, qualified third at the Malaysian Grand Prix in 2012 from memory. Um, no, 2003, he was fourth. 2005, he retired. 2010, he was tenth. 2011, he retired. 2012, he retired. Mm. And 2013, Malaysia, he retired. I was a bit of a curse on old Schumi. Okay, so that... That makes me realise that I only saw him win one. Yeah. So I was, I, yeah. he, I mean, when he got third in Malaysia in 2012 in qualifying, I was like, oh, yeah, because we got to see him in the press conference. That was, I think, the first time we'd seen him in an official press conference uh, since his return. But um, no, I saw a pole position. That That's it. Uh, which, uh, sorry, Mark Webber did what to help promote the 10th running of the Formula 1 Australian Grand Prix Al Park 2005? I remember this I vividly. Remember this vividly as well. Did you go to the street parade? Uh, is this what you're talking about? Oh, is this the Sydney Harbour Bridge yeah, thing? This is the Sydney Harbour Bridge thing. All oh, right, okay. Well, that, I was thinking of the ten the ten year street parade that they did through the city. Do you remember that? Did you go to that? No, I didn't go to that. Was that on the Wednesday or the Thursday? Yeah, yeah. It was on Wednesday, I think. But yeah, I think what they're talking about is, is the, the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Sydney Harbour Bridge. Sydney Harbour Bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just to confirm, you are correct. Yes. Uh, why was the 2006 race the third round of the championship instead of the first, as usual? Come on. Oh, the 2006? Yeah. Yes. Melbourne Commonwealth Games. Who in 2007 finished on the podium in his first ever F1 race, the first to do so in 11 years? Lewis Hamilton. You are correct. Uh, Which driver was disqualified from the 2008 race for disobeying a red light? That, ooh, 
Ooh, it wasn't Truly, was it? No, that was 2009. That was a whole lie gate. 2008. But 2008, which driver was disqualified? For ignoring a red light. Ooh, that's a good question. Hamilton won that race, didn't he? Yeah. Rosberg and Heidfeld were on the podium. Yeah, it was Rosberg's first podium. It was. Um, I'll just say Felipe Massa. Don't think it was Felipe. I think he ran into Coulthard in that race. Ah, wow. This could be the difference in our quiz, Ben, this one. Yeah, I'm wrong. So. Yeah, ah... Uh... I'll give you another clue because I'm a nice guy. He used to be a Ferrari driver. He used to be a Ferrari driver. Rubens Barrichello. Correct. Rubens Barrichello uh, says, In those days, pit lane was closed during safety car periods, but his Honda was about to run out of fuel, so the team brought him in, but lost the eventual sixth place. Rules now uh, permit pit stops under safety car. Uh, he's a very easy one. Which team made its debut in Melbourne in 2009 and finished an incredible one? Two. Braun. It's one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, right? Yeah, it's great. So, were you at that race? Yes. Oh, cool. It's jealous. Never got to see them. Five drivers won Grand Prix races in 2010, including the defending world champion. Who won at Albert Park driving for a new team? Name that driver and his car. In which year did you say? 2010. 2010. So they're the winner of the 2010. He's driving for his new team. Yeah, Jensen Button. In a in a what car? In a McLaren. I don't know if they want you to be specific with that McLaren. Um, no, they don't. It doesn't say like oh the McLaren MP 2017 poo poo. Uh, I could have worked that out. It would have been the um. He's working it out, folks. He's actually he's working this out. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if you you could just give me a number right now and I believe you because it's not in the in the page. <laughs> I feel like we need Jeopardy music here. Ding 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 ding. MP four twenty five. I'll take your word for it. Ah, uh, he's one. He's one. Former guest of ours. Which driver scored his and his nation's first podium in 2011? Ah, Vitaly Petrov. Vitaly Petrov, what a little legend. I wonder what he's doing right now. Uh, 17, one team failed to qualify for the Formula 1 Australian Grand Prix for the second year in succession in 2012. Which team was it? The second year in succession, they failed to qualify for the Australian Grand Prix. Would have been Manuel Mauricio, would it have not? Uh, I think it's Hispania Racing Technology. You are correct. Uh-huh. I am incorrect. Oh, go Samuel. Uh, in his 12th and final home race at Albert Park, Mark Webber scored his best qualifying result in 2013. Where did he start in the grid? Did he not get a front row? No, Ricardo got a front row. He was third. I'm going to say uh, fourth. 2013? Yeah. Uh, Mark Webber was on the front row with Sebastian Vettel. So, so he was on the front row. So I was right the first time. You are correct. Jesus, I should have gone with my instinct. The only Australian... To ever make the podium in Australia at Albert Park was Daniel Ricciardo. But why doesn't he feature in the record books in 2014? Got disqualified for fuel flow rate contraventions. Do you remember that evening? We were at the football. Yeah. Port Adelaide versus Carlton. Yeah. 
sad. It was awful. That was a weird thing to go and watch a football game on a Sunday night. It was. It was, wasn't it? That was a strange one. And we, because we went to a Fremantle Collingwood as the opening game. Why was that? Why did they change that around that year? Wasn't it because the MCG was unavailable or something? Wasn't there was something on in 2014? Because that was very strange that they went with Fremantle Collingwood for the opening game of the season. Mm. Yeah, I can't remember why that was. I can't remember. I, I swear there was like something about the MCG not being available. Something was they were resurfacing it maybe, or they were doing ah oh, they were doing something. Uh, question number 20, which multiple world championship winning engine manufacturer returned to F1 in 2015? Which multiple world this is an easy one, Samuel. Engine manufacturer. Oh, Honda. Correct. What was unique about the qualifying for the 2016 race in Melbourne? Oh, what a farce this was. Ah, uh, yes, I think we know what that was. I had an elimination thing, so... Was it every two minutes or something like that they eliminated a car? I actually didn't mind it. It was just so confusing at the circuit. Yeah, they should have given it another another couple of goes. Yeah. Like it actually, like on, like it actually was kind of cool. Like yeah. it was kind of like you, you know, it's like a video game. Like quick, 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 get to the checkpoint. But yeah. um, yeah. There, question number twenty-two. There was one particularly notable absentee from the two thousand and seventeen Australian Grand Prix. Who was it? I don't give a shit about this guy. Oh, sorry, Ben, I wasn't listening to the Who Who was missing from the 2017 Australian Grand Prix? Oh, Alonso. Yeah, well, who gives a shit? Uh, 23, who in 2018 became the on, only the second driver from Monaco to start a Formula One World Championship race when he took the grid at Albert Park? Oh, Charles Leclerc. Which is how he pronounces it, right? So he, he actually does. says Charles Leclerc when everyone is like, Charles Leclerc. That's right, yeah, like Crofty. Yeah. Yeah. Should have said that to him today when we walked past him. I should have done. I should have taken the opportunity to go um, tell him two things. Um, points should not be awarded to every driver in the race. And start calling him Charles Leclerc, not Charles Leclerc. Um, 24, which team in 2019 scored its fourth win in six years at Albert Park? Oh, sorry, Ben. I, I'm... He's falling asleep on me. I am falling asleep. Sorry. I'm not. Which which team scored its fourth win in six years at Albert Park in 2019? Oh, Mercedes. Correct. Only one rookie is scheduled to make his Formula 1 debut in 2020. Who is it and what is his team? Um, it's a Williams driver and his name is Nicholas Le- um, Akeep Latifi <laughs> in the jail beside the bed. You are incorrect, Sam. Uh, it is nobody and nobody because no one started the Australian Grand Prix in 2020. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, quick fire question. Name all the Albert Park winners in sequential order from 1996. Go. Oh, okay. 1996 was Damon Hill. Jacques Villeneuve. No. Oh, sorry. 97. <laughs> um, Jacques Villeneuve sorry. never won. Sorry. Hill, Coulthard. Uh, 98 was... Mika Hakkinen, yeah. 99 Eddie Irvine, 2000 Schumacher, 2001 Schumacher, 2002 Schumacher, 2003 Coulthard, 2004 Schumacher, 2005 was Fizzy Keller, 2006 was Alonso, Raikkonen 2007, Hamilton 2008, Button 2009, Button 2010, Vettel 2011, Button 2012, Raikkonen 2013, 2014 was Nico Rosberger. 2015 was the one that Hamilton won, the second one. Then it was Rosberger again in 2016. 
2017-2018 was Sebastian Vettel and 2019 was that lump of wood called Valtteri Bottas. Ding, 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 ding. Winner, 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 chicken dinner. All right. In a sequential order, name all the British Grand Prix winners from 1950. Go. <laughs> Sam, fun. We'll come back and talk some more. We'll find the Sarge, perhaps. Okay. Well, it's been a fun weekend. It's been eventful. Stuff's happened, and uh, obviously a little bit more has happened since we last spoke, but we can do an update on that very, very shortly, because right now I need to bring in a gentleman who hasn't been on this show in a very, very, very long time. I don't even know when the last time he was on the show. I think he went missing, Uh, but we found him. I do, of course, speak of the Sarge, Sergeant Porcupine himself. Sergeant, how's it going? Yeah, all right. What's your name again? My name is Ben, Sarge. Ben, is it? Ben. Have we met? Uh, plenty of times, yes. Several times over the last decade. Right, okay. Well, I'll take your word for it then. What do you want to know? Well, first of all, I'm worried. What, 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 what have you been doing for the last few years? We haven't had you on this show in a, in a good, I don't know, three, two, three years? Yeah, well, I've been backpacking, haven't I? <laughs> You've been backpacking? Where have you been backpacking? I didn't see you as a... Backpacking type. No, I'm not, but I still did it anyway. All right, so where have you been backpacking? I've been backpacking through Africa, haven't I? Just Africa, nowhere else? Just Africa, that's right. All right, where did you go in Africa? South Africa and... um... Can you name any other African countries, Sarge? A couple of other countries. Yeah, what 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 are they called? Well, it was mostly South Africa. I forget the other ones, don't I? And what did you learn in South Africa? Well, what did I learn about South Africa? Well, they got trees there for a start. Did you know that, Ben? I didn't. I never assumed that another country outside of ours would have trees. Yeah, well, apparently most of the, most of the world thinks that Africa's just a desert, the whole thing. But, they, but they've got trees. A few, not very many, but they've got a few. All right, and um, I guess, uh, how were the trees? Did you enjoy the trees? Look, I really think we should move on, Ben. You don't want to talk about trees? I don't want to talk about the trees, all right? All right, well, what do you want to talk about, Sarge? Well, you're doing the interview, Ben. You tell me. What do you want to talk about? Well, everyone's talking about coronavirus, COVID-19. What, what's your viewpoint on this little uh, epidemic that's sweeping the world right now? C- coronavirus, is it? Yeah, yes, coronavirus. All right, and what's that? It's a it's a virus. Uh, it's it's pretty bad. Allegedly, people are catching it. Some people are dying. They're closing off the world. They're cancelling everything. It's it's kind of a, it's a pandemic, Sarge. Really? Yeah. Well, my computer's got a virus. Is is this that the same thing? Oh, do you know what it's called? Well, it just keeps bringing pop-ups onto my screen, doesn't it? They're not naughty pop-ups, are they, Sarge? You've been looking up some porn by any chance, have you? Absolutely not, Ben. I don't believe you in the slightest. I would never do such a thing. Right, okay. So, well, you don't know anything about coronavirus, then. Is that what you're claiming? That's right, Ben. That's what I'm claiming. Yeah, now, just, just be honest with me. Did you really backpack through Africa? Were there some other places that you backpacked, potentially? Well, no, no, Ben. truth is, I've been, um, I've been running an illegal backpackers in, uh, in Melbourne here. Right, <laughs> like where people stay? Yeah. Well, actually, now that I think about it, I do see a backpack near you, and it's got a it's got an air airport tag there saying uh, Wuhan, China. Um, so you've you've been elsewhere, have you, then, Sarge? Well, truth is, Ben, 
I have been to Wuhan. All right, this wouldn't happen to have been in about October last year, would it have been? It was early December, actually. Okay, uh, you didn't happen to go and try any rare foods in a market by any chance, maybe some bats or something like that? Yes, well, Ben, you know I like my delicacies, and uh, I was at a, I was eating bats. Okay, uh, didn't get sick for a couple of weeks. Did you like, had, had a cough and breathing problems, anything like that? Look, Ben, I wasn't feeling that great for a while, I have to admit, but uh, I think it was all right. I mean, you know, I kept it under control. Are you maybe patient zero? Because it started in Wuhan, somebody went through a bat, and then there's coughing and breathing problems. I think you might be patient zero, Sergeant Porcupine. Well, Ben... You know about coronavirus, don't you? You're, you're just lying to me. Well, yes, Ben, I do know a fair bit about it, and look, I, I did the responsible thing. And what? Infected the entire planet. Cancelled Formula 1. Cancelled basketball. Delayed James Bond. Well, look, Ben, I have been in self-isolation for a couple of weeks. So why are you talking to me now? Well, look, look, let me set the record straight here, Ben. In the first two weeks of March, I have been in self-isolation upon my return from Wuhan, China. Yep, and... Well, I made a few stops on the way back. What are, what are a few stops? You didn't have to meet anyone who worked at the McLaren Formula One team by any chance, did you? Did you? Did you meet Tom Hanks? Well, Ben, I look. I after Wuhan, I I finished my trip. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And I went to Japan. Right. Got a train through Russia, Europe. Yep. Italy. Italy, Korea, spent some time in Iran, <laughs> went through Africa, like I said. Then I jetted off to Canada. Yep. US. Visited your friend Donald. South America, Brazil. So you basically travelled the entire world. Only place I haven't been, Ben, is actually uh, New Zealand. All oh, right. Really? Not even the North Island? Specifically? <laughs> oh, God, sorry. <laughs> Sarge. Oh, sorry about that, Ben. Sorry, it's just one of the side effects of this uh, virus that I've got. That was very rude, Sarge. That's, this is, a, this is a, a very proper adult show that we, we put a lot of effort into. I don't, I don't need none of this. Yeah. Gee. Phew. Smells a bit too. <laughs> sorry about that. Sorry about that. I think we lost the moment of this segment. Um, well, I blame you. Um, sure. All right. Uh, what else has been happening? Sarge, aren't you affecting the whole world? How's, uh, how's life? Been arresting anyone lately? Well, yes, I have actually been. <laughs> Who have you been arresting? Well, I've arrested uh, the uh, New Zealand lady uh, this afternoon, actually. Miss uh, Jacinda Ardern? Yeah, her. Yeah. What has she done now? Well, look... I was going to travel to New Zealand next week and she's done stuff that means that when I get there I have to, like, spend more time on my own. Well, that's not always a bad thing. You like spending time on your own, don't you? A little bit too much, if you ask me. All right, what's that supposed to mean, Ben? It means nothing, Sarge. Continue with what you were about to say. Hang on, hang on, I've got something building. (laughs) Why do I want to know what something building (laughs) is? You're struggling a little bit there, Sarge. Are you about to give birth? No, I think it's gone. It's all right. 
All right. Um, <laughs> so, so you, what, what act are you arresting Jacinda Ardern under? Well, then, it's... Uh, I don't know what's funny, Sad. Well, Ben, you haven't been drinking, have you? I'm drinking right now. You've been drinking. I think you are too, by the judging of that Heineken original pure malt lager in your hand. Well, yeah, actually, I have been drinking. <laughs> You're a funny guy, aren't you, Sarge? Well, yeah, I like to think so. You've, you've upped yourself in the world. You've gone from drinking Bogues to drinking Heineken. That's right, Ben. I can feel something brewing. It's not here yet, but I can feel it brewing. Which end is it coming out of? <laughs> Look... It could be the top, but it also could be the bottom too. Some white around you there, Sarge. I hope it's not too much down the bottom. Um, I don't even know what to say. Collingwood. Oh, hang on. What's going on? You're about to blow. <laughs> Collingwood. Choked again last year. Choked in the grand final the year before. How are you feeling about them? Look, Ben, I think the pies will be all right. Yeah. We've got a good man in control, Nathan Buckley. You like Nathan? Yes, I bought myself a membership this year, Ben. I can't wait until next week. <laughs> it's going to be great. Are you going to be the only fan in the, the stand? You're going to work security for the entire MCG? I don't know. Who are they playing in round one? Uh, the Pies are playing the Bulldogs. Oh, get around it. Friday night at the MCG. Oh, epic clash. Huge crowd. I really can feel something brewing here, Ben. <laughs> I, just, I just don't. I've never seen you quite act like this before. Well, <laughs> do you want me to keep talking here so you can work on brewing this? Um, Sergeant is just sitting here looking like he's about to blow. Uh, it's like Vesuvius going on here right now. I don't actually know what to think. He's uh, sucking down on a few sips of the old Heineken original pure malt lager as it goes down the gullet through the throat into the uh, stomach area and uh, digests itself through the, uh, the intestines and... <laughs> Builds the gases up through the stomach and back up the esophagus through the mouth and uh, outside the uh, the the lips. So, well, truth be told, Ben, you heard me burp before, didn't you? That was absolutely you. It wasn't anybody else. It was. It was. I've got. I think I've got another one on the way. A baby. Oh no! I think it's the mother burp. Actually, the mother burp. All right. I'll tell you what. I might let you go, and then maybe we can get uh, Sam on, and maybe Sam might be able to do a burp. Do you think Sam might be able to do a burp? Well, it's quite possible. I'm just going to have a little snooze, Ben. Well, I might not talk to you for another couple of years. So, But if you do make it to New Zealand, maybe you can pop in and say hello. Well, yeah, as long as they lift this stupid, ridiculous rule about self-pleasure isolation. <laughs> well, it might be a bit of both. Should <laughs> some happen. So, Sarge. Pleasure, pardon the pun, bad time to bring that up, to have you on the show, but uh, hopefully it won't be another few years till we get you on again. Well, thanks for having me, Ben. All right, I think it's time to close up one of the weirdest and strangest episodes of this show we've ever done. We thought we were going to bring you a weekend filled with content and Formula One action and excitement. Instead, we've not done a lot. And development since we last recorded, Sam. A lot's been happening in, in Ben and Sam land on the brink. It has been. It's been a crazy weekend. It's just a memorable one, but a very crazy one. I think don't think it's one we'll forget in a hurry. Basically, it, it is definitely not one, but um, since we last spoke, I've had to uh, change my flight. I've had to come home 24 hours earlier, fork out a couple hundred bucks, because uh, our fearless leader over in uh, the land of the long white cloud, Jacinda Ardern, 
has said that any traveller entering New Zealand as of midnight Sunday night will have to self-isolate for two weeks, which would have been me. My flight was uh, 6 a.m. on on Monday, and uh, scheduled to get to Queenstown at about 11 a.m., and uh, while that might not sound like an issue, I can stay at home for two weeks, it is a bit of an issue when I'm flying uh, into a city two and a half hours away from where I live. Uh, Mallory wouldn't have been able to pick me up, because that means then she'd have to go into isolation for two weeks. Uh, so basically, the easiest thing to do is come home a little bit earlier. So, um, yeah, it's it's a bit of a sad end. I mean, I actually, Sunday was kind of the first day I'd sort of made plans to do shit here <laughs> in Melbourne, and all of a sudden I've had to cancel it. So, um, yeah, it's uh, you're going to be alone tomorrow, Samuel. Yeah. Sarge is back. Pardon me, Ben. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, well... Thank goodness my parents are here, so I'll probably meet up with them tomorrow, I guess, and um, make a day of it. You'll, you'll get this room to yourself, though. You'll be able to fart and burp like you just did a second ago all over again. So um, we're actually sitting here enjoying a couple of uh, cold brewskis. And uh, special shout-outs to Fitzroy slash Collingwood District, you hipster beard-wearing suburban folk of Melbourne. For a hipster district of the most hipster city in the entire planet Earth, the fact that none of your local establishments serve low-carb beer is a travesty. That is likening the suburb of Glenorchy not serving Cascade Draft, which would be a travesty. Sam, a travesty. That's right, Ben. It would be a tra- <laughs> travesty. It would be like Collingwood not having any dentists. That would be like um, that. What I just did then was like you know when you're like bunny hop in a car, like you're trying to get the car going. Yeah, yep. that was me trying to speak. And have we told the listeners we're drinking beer right now? Yes, I think we just did. Uh, did we? Well, I'm drinking a pure blonde ultra low carb lager, eighty percent less carbohydrates. I had to buy from Liquorland. Also a great porn title. Download now via Pornhub.com. Uh, and Samuel is drinking a Heineken low, which is weird, actually, that you're drinking that because the Sarge was drinking that earlier, too. What are the odds? Was he? That's weird. Did That's you meet him? No. All these years, I've never met the guy. It's almost like you're the same person. You would think that, wouldn't you? You, you would, but, you know, we're not that clever. We can't do voices. This is me trying to do a voice. Uh, hello, I'm John Howard. See, I can't do impersonations. Yeah. No. Try, try and do the Sarge. Well... Uh, oh, hello, Ben. Uh, um, that sounds more like John Howard than the Sarge, doesn't it? Right, like, like I mean, Nicky Lauder. Let's randomly pick a name out of the hat. I don't think you could impersonate Nicky Lauder, could you? Ooh! No, Ben, I don't think I that was That was pretty good, actually. Uh, <laughs> Max Walker? No, no, Ben, no, I don't think I could. Yes, yes, yes. yes. No, no, yes, no, I don't think I could, no. It's been a lot of fun. Well, I mean, it's been fun. <laughs> it's not quite the fun we were anticipating. No, no, it hasn't been quite been the fun we were anticipating. It's been a weird weekend. It's been a weird, really strange sort of atmosphere, really strange sort of vibe this weekend. Man, and yeah, I don't think we'll forget it in a hurry. I think we're just in a very weird period right now in the world. I think we're going to be this way maybe for a, you know... Hopefully, I'd say a couple of weeks, maybe a couple of months. Who knows? Might be longer. Whoa! <laughs> Happy Christmas, children. Um, but yeah, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, Mallory back on soon, and we've got five and a half weeks now until we get on a plane to Canada. Whether or not that's going to happen or not, who knows? So um, 
very interesting times. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe, get all the downloads, and um, I guess uh, for the last ever time from the Melbourne Grand Prix, at least for maybe several years, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to get you on the line when you're in Melbourne next year, Sam, uh, to, to do a correspondent uh, interview. Yeah, well, yeah, we might have to do that, Ben, and presuming it's on. And, uh, well, you think it would, but who knows? We'll have to wait and see. Thanks for listening, and until next time, keep sucking those coronavirus oranges, and... Good night.